You ready? I'm Lisa. And I'm Kelly. And this is Bad at Boundaries, the podcast where we share personal stories about setting boundaries, healing, and growing into the people we want to be. Get ready to laugh, sigh, and draw the line with us. Super easy first take. Okay, Lisa, where did you draw the line this week? So... There's something I've been wanting to talk about for a while, and it's mostly because I've been working on this in therapy a little bit, which is kind of like the art of letting people go Mm. and being okay when like a relationship has naturally sort of run its course. And I feel like for me, these two, I feel like it can be broken down into like two different categories of like a relationship running its course it's either you get ghosted or you do like the big cutoff registered trademark like I feel like that's how big of a deal it is if he's a (laughs) trademark but like you know you either like like they aren't the same thing to me like to me ghosting it's like such a long sustained process in which you gradually reduce contact with the person until like it just you aren't talking at all whereas like the cutoff is like there is a conversation it is a very definitive severance in the relationship and like there is a moment where you both are like okay when I leave this room or when I'm out of this chat or like done this conversation that's it yeah yeah and I think with ghosting like for one individual in the situation it does feel like a cutoff yeah but if you still have access to reach out to the other person, mm-hmm. I feel like that line becomes undefined. Yeah. So even though they're not responding to you, like they're still reading and taking things in. Mm-hmm. You're probably watching each other on the Instagram stories like we talked oh, about yeah. last week, which we're all going to try to be better about not doing. <laughs> well, you are. I'm, I'm still in it. I'm bad for it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like, okay, have you... On your end, have you ever ghosted or cut somebody off? And, or have you ever been ghosted or cut somebody off or been I cut have off? definitely been ghosted. So um, I think it's no secret I've, like, hopped in and out of online dating multiple times. We've talked about that on the podcast. Yeah. Um, but I had been ghosted outside of that. So, like, mm-hmm. with someone I knew in real life. Mm-hmm. And after that experience, I was like, even if I don't know this person, I think the only time it's okay to ghost someone Mm -hmm. or just like stop that contact is like if you've never met before that is the only time it's okay so like yeah if you've matched with someone or even just like you've been introduced to someone through like maybe mutual friends Mm -hmm. if you're chatting it goes nowhere you don't have plans like I think that's the only time when a ghost makes is kind of okay but even then like if I am about to unmatch one of like unmatch someone I tell them first and then I wait and give it a little bit of time for them to have read it. And usually they unmatch me first in that case. Oh my but God. I give them the opportunity to just be like, know for sure that like I am not interested. Yeah. This is not moving forward that's, and going from there. That's so did, mature and did gracious I, of you. <laughs> did I do this the first time I had on an online dating app? Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah. I also have ghosted on those apps because like one time my friends and I downloaded Tinder so we could play the Tinder drinking game. Yeah. (laughs) And the first time we did that, we got called out for that actually being pretty rude when the other person thinks that like there is a connection being built. So 
the next time, <laughs> oh, and I can't even believe there was a next time, but the next time, like, that was in the profile. Oh. So anyone that was choosing to engage with this account, like, yeah. it was very clear, like, w- what we were doing there. Again, very mature of you. I wish I could have ever been close to your level of maturity, maybe in the next 30 years. But I had to make the mistakes to yeah. learn and get yelled at and been told like (laughs) yeah like someone straight up took the time to tell us like that was not nice yeah and I think what that comes back to is like if you can maintain just like clear communication Mm -hmm. with people Mm -hmm. like they're not going to be as mad at you as you think they're going to be less mad at you for telling them the truth Mm -hmm. than if you just disappear off the face of the planet yeah like honestly I've been I find I get ghosted more by friends than by like potential dates but that's also like look at my dating history I bounce from like one long-term relationship to another like I think I was on tinder slash bumble for like one summer and that was enough for me but like I find like I can always tell when somebody's ghosting me like there's a real like you can sense when somebody's being very intentional about what they're saying to you and like wanting to engage with you versus somebody who's like clearly thinks you're like an afterthought but did mm-hmm. I ever tell you that, like, <laughs> over the course of one, one, like, fall, let's say, end of a summer and fall, I went from, like, somebody trying to actively ghost me to, like, somebody actually needing to cut me off because I was not understanding oh, the signals. No. I know, I know. And this was, like... This was, like, right before I met John, and this was, like, all kind of... Okay, I have so much background to tell you, so... Wait, did we... Did this person get mentioned last week? <laughs> yes, they did. It's my Norwegian guy, the guy Ooh. who liked me, like, to watch me put on makeup. So, like, okay, I need to tell you the whole story because it's important for you to understand that, like, I'm not an, an insane person who, like, builds things up in their head to be more than they actually are. Like You're optimistic. Yes. I am a lover of love. And I was just kind of like, okay, rewind, rewind, rewind. So I'm starting my summer in the mountains. My freshly broken up, freshly out of university, full-blown chaotic summer. And this guy, he didn't, like, work with my group of people. But he was staying, like, remember I told you guys there was, like, that that little, like, hamlet of cabins basically Mm -hmm. in the middle of nowhere like you had to drive like five minutes down like a random road off the highway to like get here it was very secluded but he was living like in in that little hamlet of cabins like not with our group though and Mm -hmm. like pretty much the first time I saw him I was like okay that's like the best we're gonna do and I didn't really have like the nerve to do anything about it until after I had like gotten really jealous from my ex and like literally that night I came home and I was like well my ex has moved on so I guess I guess I need to move on too and like actually do it properly and like I had been talking to this guy like we would always like chat when we saw each other in passing and like I'm not gonna brag my house was like a little my cabin was a little bit of like the party cabin like Mm -hmm. everybody hung out there and it was mostly because a I would feed people if I'm a good Ukrainian. I will feed them if they come into my home. But also we had a really sick like um, fire pit set up in the back. So it was like a big fire pit. And then all these like old converted skis and snowboards and like that those were like the benches around. It was so cool. Mm. So, so cool. And there was also like right behind it, there was a little thicket of trees and then like the road leading further into the mountains basically. But like a road to nowhere. So... 
everyone would always party. I'd always see this guy there. And then, like, right when my – it was my friend's, like, second or third night staying with me. She was, like – lives for the drama. She's, like, you got to do it. Like, you got to make it happen while I'm here. So I remember there was, like, this one night where he was, like – hanging out around the fire like a little too much and like I was a real partier so I'd always be there until like it burnt down but he was like a very level-headed reasonable person and was like yeah I'm, I'm gonna keep normal hours I'm not gonna stay up till four in the morning when I have to be at work at eight like that's stupid but like this night he was like keeping pace with me for, for, for the first time ever and it was like weird because it was like the two of us and then like this other like you could tell they both wanted to sleep together like it was in the most intense sexual energy I've ever been around. Ooh, so the two ships of the summer. The ships of the summer were all hanging out. And, like, the the other, like, couple, they were quite a bit younger than us. Like, my Norwegian guy was, like, closer in my age. I think he was, like, a year younger than me. So, like, 22. And, like, these other kids, one was 18, one was 19. So mm-hmm. it was, like, we were, like, half, like, staying out to be, like, I want to see what happens. Like, I want to <laughs> see if something's going to happen. And then I went in to get a beer and then I came back out and I can't remember where the other couple was but they like kind of wandered off into the darkness and I come out and my Norwegian guy is like no longer sitting around the fire he's standing on the road in the like middle of the night so of course I'm like hey I like I get it it's a pretty desolate road but like there's no light out here. Would like, that not look a little creepy? Like, was he tall? Yeah, he was quite tall. He's, like, big Norwegian guy. So yeah. I just, like, come out, and literally by the light of the moon, I see this man standing on the highway. So I, like, go over because I'm, I'm thinking, oh, he's, That would like... not be my instinct <laughs> to investigate. <laughs> well, I was thinking he's really drunk, so, like, I should... I should probably, like, get him somewhere. So I, like, go out, and I'm like, hey, like, you know, get off the road. And he's like, no, like, come over here. And he, like, pulls me over. We're, like, standing in the middle of the road. He's like, look up. And I look up, and it's, like, a full, like, one of those crazy full moons. And it's, like, so bright. Like, I can literally just see him by, like, the light of the moon. And, like, at that moment, he looks down at me, and I'm, like, looking up at him. And he goes for it. Like, he just, under the full moon, Kelly, like, kisses me for the first time and then I of course I'm like you're really drunk and I don't want to do this like while you're super drunk so I'm like let's go inside and like make some mac and cheese really quickly we go in we're like cooking in the kitchen who comes home but those two like right when we're finishing cooking and like just chatting and hanging out the other couple comes home even more trash than before somehow. And there was, like, a living room right next to the entrance of the kitchen. Like, it was one of those trailer homes, so, like, the doorway to the kitchen faced the doorway to the living room. And we start hearing them, like, hooking up on the couch in the living room. So I'm just like, fuck. So I, like... Basically, my bedroom was right next to the kitchen, so I was like, let's just, like, quietly sneak into my bedroom and, like, wait for them to be done. And they're, like, being super loud, like, super just, like, intense sexual chemistry. One of them had to have had a bedroom close by. Yeah, like one in of them, that house. One of them was the girl who, one of the really young ones who like lived with me. So I was <laughs> like, your bedroom is like three doors down the hall. You guys couldn't make it, but I think they thought that we were still like out, and our other friend had driven back, or our other roommate had driven back to the city. They thought they so were alone. They thought they were alone. They're like, we're gonna be naughty and like hook up on the couch. Little do they know, like me and my Norwegian are like in the kitchen, being like, okay, so now it's like. 
even more intensely sexual for the two of us. So then we go into my room to like eat the mac and cheese and they're like not stopping. Like it was going on for so long that I was starting to be like, is this a joke? Is it easy, A? (laughs) Truly, truly. So then I was like sitting on the bed eating my mac and cheese and I was literally like, well, we're stuck in my room together now. Like we can't leave. I guess we have to go. And like we hooked up that night and then we just kind of like, were a couple for like the summer like every like night we would end up hanging out like chilling and he was like a super nice guy but he let me know right away like hey like I do actually have like a girlfriend at home like I broke up with her for the summer because we're both like doing different things but like he let me know like the intention is when I go back home I'm gonna be with her and I was like totally fine I was like not super serious um Mm -hmm. about him it was more like something to do in the middle of the woods <laughs> Someone really Someone hot to do, to yeah. <laughs> and like, so I kind of caught feelings because like he was really cool, and we were both from the same place. Like everyone else was either from Calgary or from like somewhere else in Canada. So he was the only other person from, or I guess like the other person was my roommate who I hated. So like she <laughs> didn't really count, but he was from Edmonton too. And, like, when I got home... Well, for some reason, I'm thinking he's going back to Norway in No, September. he's just some Norwegian guy who's, like, living in Edmonton. So when, like, he left, I was, like, all bummed out about it. And But what was really freaking me out is, like, he still was, like, messaging me, even though he was, like, had told me, like, you know, I'm back home. I want to be with my girlfriend. So he was still initiating contact and, like, commenting all my stories. And I was just, like, I can't tell. Like, I kind of thought we would just... You know, one summer was good. That's enough. Now you're still talking to me. So I was kind of like, okay, is this going to be something when I get back home? Like maybe something's changed. And then, of course, you remember I had that wedding like immediately when I got home. And I was literally looking for any man with a pulse to like go with me. So I had still been messaging this guy. And like as the school year started, because I stayed till the end of September or yeah, end of September. So he was back in school And, like, the messages started getting a little more sporadic, but, like, you could still see there was intention behind it. So then I messaged him, and I'm just like, hey, like, I have this wedding to go to. You know, like, do you want to go? Like, I just need somebody to go with me. And he sent me back this, like, super long, super, like, cutting it off message where he was basically like, I need to tell you, like, it's over. Like, we never had anything. Like, please leave me alone. And I was just like, Am I insane for, like, we were texting and everything was normal. Like, all of a sudden, I'm getting the cutoff message. Like, what the fuck? So he cut me off completely, like, blocked me everywhere. Are you sure he wrote the message? So, (laughs) I don't know for sure. But what I do know, because I still had friends who were, like, in school and going to school with him, is, like, he basically had caught feelings for me and like the girlfriend had seen the messages and she like was leaving his options open yeah so like in the end he had to make a choice and I think he he did it so firmly to like I'm I'm like if it was me like the girlfriend I would be like reading over the shoulder and being like hey like say this say that especially if they had an arrangement where they were like hey we're single for the summer I would be so I would be so insecure especially like he was a very nice guy I have no doubt that he told his girlfriend like exactly who I was and like you know that he he probably didn't feel good still entertaining that and like it also was different because we lived in the same place so we totally could have kept going Mm -hmm. but yeah it was weird to like 
looking back on the text, I'm like, he did get busy around school, but, like, I didn't realize I was being ghosted at the Mm -hmm. time, which he might have been trying to. And so much of ghosting is, like, reading these arbitrary signals that could be interpreted any way. And I feel like anybody can accidentally realize they Mm -hmm. aren't getting ghosted if you aren't being careful. So would you call this situationship with him a big summer blowout? (laughs) I've been waiting to use that this whole story. Okay. Well. But back to ghosting. Like, partial ghosting exists. Like, ghosting doesn't need to be someone just fully, like, not yeah. replying to you anymore. Mm-hmm. It could be the other person only replies if you initiate. And mm-hmm. they reply politely. Mm-hmm. But, like, they're not giving you anything to work with. But just the fact that they're being nice to you sometimes yeah. is enough to give you hope. Well, it's almost like it's this generation's version of, like, stringing someone along. And, like, okay, mm-hmm. are, have you ever been the type of single where you have a roster of, like, people that, like, you will entertain for an evening and then, like, backups and backups? You are not. I can tell by the look on your face. I no, sound I just went, awful. I just went, like, deer in <laughs> headlights. I mean, I did aggressively pursue one of my junior high crushes three weeks after a breakup. Oh, wait. How old were you? 22. Okay, you weren't in junior high. <laughs> no, no. This was, like, I had had a crush on this this guy, like, 10 years before. Oh, my God. And it, we just got thrown together mm-hmm. circumstantially one summer and... Mm-hmm. the opportunity was there yeah and we sloppily took it yes yeah we don't we don't talk anymore but just like there yeah. wasn't there was no foundation to to go with mm-hmm. I wouldn't even call that one of my ghosting situations but I did have a phase that um, Molly and I ref- <laughs> affectionately referred to as our groupie phase we yes. were 19 oh, yeah. <laughs> we had friends in garage bands and we may have gotten, like, a little messy where we just didn't investigate the depth of the, like, we didn't know how tight some of these relationships were because mm. Molly was in classes at university with, like, the drummer of one band and the lead singer of another band. I need to know the band names right now. I'll tell you. I'll tell off you mic? off no. mic. No. <laughs> um, I know. I showed you the music video at your house. Oh, that yeah. One. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And keep in mind, this is like back in peak emo band days. I know. I was there. So they all had the swoopy <laughs> hair. Yes. Yeah. So Molly was in classes with, yeah, the drummer of one band, the lead singer of another band. So we often hung out with the con with them in, like, the context of, like, the university acquaintance circle. Right, yeah. Um, because, like, the one band was always hosting house parties. Mm-hmm. So we hadn't really seen, like, the full band-on-band interactions because we hadn't fully, like, infiltrated the friend group yet mm. to be, like, part of their, like, music, like, Edmonton music scene parties right. yet. So we got ourselves into this sloppy mess where, <laughs> like, I... Uh, I and I, okay, so I talked about this mm-hmm. how I kissed someone at a party when I actually wanted to pursue someone else. That actually ha- happened twice within the Kelly. same friend group. <laughs> the same friend group where <laughs> you're kidding. I kissed someone that was the one where like we had like a month-long summer fling we tried to be friends he sang a song staring into my eyes just like ken on the beach and then i wanna push you we we couldn't be friends because 
we would try to hang out casually and I would just get like serenaded. He'd be like, he'd be like, why can't we just make out? And I'd be like, no, like, cause like we shouldn't. Like, and he, cause I said so. He would try every time, but then he would like listen. Like he mm. wouldn't crowd my space or anything. It's like, it wasn't ideal. <laughs> he but, was just putting it out there. He's like, I'd be yeah. fine if we made out right now. Yeah. It would he be was, all good. he was keeping it casual, but it got to a point where I was like, he obviously doesn't want to like hang out with me. <laughs> Um, anyways, so this happens, October rolls around, Yeah. um, and I was really interested in this other guy, and, uh, yeah, we used to go on, like, chaperone dates, because this was back when I was still pretty introverted, so we had this, like, group hangout. Oh, yeah, I've been with on those. two yeah. of my closest friends, <laughs> and then they both conveniently disappeared upstairs to the kitchen when yep. we're hanging out in the basement, mm-hmm. and I just, like, look at him, like, this is our opportunity it's to happening. make out, <laughs> and he was like, your friends are just upstairs, and I was like, why do you think they left? Yeah, why do you think, like, And he buddy? was like, oh, okay, and, like, that one just didn't work out. There were a lot of reasons that one didn't work yeah. out, but, like, neither of us knew what we wanted. Mm. So, like, personality-wise, we got along great, but our execution skills were awful on both sides. Like, if one of us had had just, like, a little more Mm -hmm. (laughs) ability to move things forward, like, one or the other of us, either one of us, like, that one I I wondered for a while, like, what could have happened, Mm -hmm. but just the time we met, there was was no chance. Um, So that one just kind of, like, flopped. It wasn't, like, a ghosting. It wasn't a cut-off. It was just kind of, like, a... We just both gave up. And then January f- rolls around, and that was the time uh, that I kissed someone else who, was, again, was friends with the other two, and then I disappeared to Thailand for six weeks. Okay, wait. So <laughs> now that I'm saying all this out loud, I think I ghosted all of them by fleeing to another country in 2012 when people did not like there was not wi-fi accessible i didn't even i brought my sister's old ipod touch with me and i connected to wi-fi like every four days okay can i just dilly dally really quick i had a i forgot this happened because it was so embarrassing (laughs) but you telling that story about like making out with somebody's friend and then not the person you actually want to make out with (laughs) kelly (laughs) i was a musical theater kid and there, I took, like, musical theater, like, once a week, like, in a class. Like, I was getting trained for it. And there was, like, identical twin boys who were older than me in this class. And one was gay and one was straight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we had the end of the year rap party. And I'm, like, 15. I can still, still tell you exactly what I wore. I was wearing, like, a... <laughs> green t-shirt that said lucky on it with like a little faded out rainbow and bright pink skinny jeans and probably converse all stars we're at a rap party high top or low top high top obviously we're at the rap party and i'm like he's like i think at like 16 or 17 they like age out of the program like you're only allowed Mm -hmm. in for a certain age and i was like this is my last chance i have to kiss him tonight (laughs) guess which twin i kissed the one who is for the uh, girls. <laughs> we both did the TikTok hand gesture. Yes, there is a lot of hand gesturing. So I kissed him. And then I just never talked to either of them again. I called my mom to pick me up. I left early. <laughs> you just left immediately. I left him. I was like, all right, I'm done. It was like the first like 20 minutes of the party. 
Oh, no. Oh, I forgot. Everyone was sober, right? Yeah, we were like kids. So like, no one's no no one's forgetting that. No one's forgetting that. There's and no... were there witnesses? <laughs> like how many people uh, saw this? It happen? was like in front of the whole party. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna be bold. I'm gonna do it. And then like literally, I just remember the twins' face pulling back, and it was like, you ever see somebody like eat something or like no, you ever sniff milk? And you realize, like, from that sniff, it's bad. And you do that. <laughs> he did that. It was, like, the, like, third time I'd ever kissed a boy. Especially because if there was, like, maybe, if there was any hope of reciprocal feeling. It's gone. That, like, it's gone. he and his twin that you actually liked had talked about, he's, like, horrified. That oh, is betrayal. No. Well, the thing is, there were, it was entirely random because I was basically too shy to really talk to, like, these two people. Or, like, because they were both, like beautiful like just like they could make a lot of money in a very specific type of work if that was what they wanted to do um and yeah I basically like barely talked to them because I got so nervous every time I was near them and then I found out that the straight twin actually had a thing for another girl who was in the program who she had a thing for my brother because they went to high school together it was like what a tangled web we weave what CW show are you in (laughs) it's musical theater if you want drama Go to musical theater. It will supply. I can't believe I forgot about that. Someone should start a musical theater program for single adults, apparently. Oh, my God. Should we do that? Next business venture. Yeah. Bad at Boundaries. The play. Trademark. Trademark. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. What, like, situation would you feel, like, validated in ghosting someone? For me, like, ghosting can't be step one. Yeah. And I saying that as someone who's gone, like, who broke up with any man who had <laughs> I had relationship issues with back yeah. in the day. Like, that is not step one. That is not a way to deal with your problems. Mm. Like, like, it's a last resort. It's mm-hmm. after you've talked things out, after you've, like, Wait. both been to therapy, maybe. Ghosting or cutting off? Which oh, one are sorry, you talking sorry. about? You're cutting, talking about cutting off. Cutting out. I think ghosting can be effective, but again, it mm. shouldn't be a first try. It should be like you've tried to have conversations and set expectations. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, if you can just tell that the other person is is not picking up, <laughs> then I think you, you ease things. But again, like I don't – I try not to ghost people anymore. I try to just be like – Hey, no, thank you. See, sometimes I think that, like, ghosting can be, like, the nicest way to just, like, yeah. finish a friendship in a way. Because, like, I'm not the type of person where I need, like, a big unpacking at the end of every friendship. Or, like, sometimes you just get to a point where, like, somebody's moved to a different place so you don't see each other as often. Or, like, you know, somebody moves on to, like, a new job so you guys aren't, like, working together anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I have work friends who, like, I love dearly. But, like, we don't have anything in common anymore. There's no, like, real connection to, like, keep us bound together. Like, a few weeks ago, a couple of my, like, friends from a former job, we, like, all messaged together. We're basically, like, yeah, we miss you. Like, let's, like, set a date for brunch. And it was, like, very tentatively planned. And we all forgot about the date. So it was, like, very obvious that all of us were kind of, like, I don't know what I would even say to you Mm -hmm. anymore. And it's, like... Yeah, I sometimes I feel like ghosting can be a really good tool to use if like it's mutual. Like mm-hmm. everybody is like there's no hey, all love, but there's just like nothing to connect on anymore. I think yeah. it's really useful. Whereas like the cut off is like a weapon of mass destruction. Yeah, and that's a good point because I think I've like 
I try not to ghost, so I've been mm. on the other side of it where you still feel like you're throwing energy at something. Yeah. But ghosting really is just, like, a lack of intentionality or just, like, a lack of thought. Like, it's just yeah. indifference. Do you get hurt when you get ghosted? I think uh, I'm not – one one time that I got ghosted, I felt like – I feel like I almost took it as a challenge oh. to the point where it almost felt like a game mm-hmm. to see, like, what would get a response. Mm-hmm. And then that was a situation where I had to, like, take a step. I was forced to take a step back. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I kind of realized that, like, as much as I wanted closure from that situation, Mm -hmm. there were some aspects to it where I was, like, I haven't really, like, earned the right to closure because Mm -hmm. there's just, like, a lack of depth here. Well, I feel like something that kind of, like, bugs me about, like, culture right now is, like, like, this obsession with closure. Mm -hmm. Like, closure is not necessary to move on and, like, live a happy life. Like, you don't need that from anyone. Like, what's wrong with just having your own perceptive perception on something and accepting that as, like, your truth? And, like, if the other person doesn't want to share their intentions, their mindset behind you, it's just like, okay, well, then, like, it's just truly none of my business. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about that last week where sometimes you just have to live your life for yourself and yeah. see what happens. Have, have I told you what my alarm clock wake-up song is? I don't know. Have you? No. I forgot that you existed by Taylor Swift. <laughs> I forgot that you existed. <laughs> and first, I actually set that up, like, when I mm-hmm. was kind of going through, like, a ghosting experience because I was mm-hmm. like, I need this reminder that, like, moving on is good for you. It is yeah. healthy. It can be quiet. Mm-hmm. Like, there doesn't need to be drama or anything like that. Yeah, but I said that as my ringtone, and then I was like, no, like, this is a good mindset. Mm-hmm. The funny thing is, it's also, like, a song that I didn't really love at the time that it came out. Really? So I was like, not only is, like, are the lyrics catchy, mm-hmm. but this will wake me up in the morning. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair and enough. now, yeah, like, it's, I think the older I get, the more I identify with it. Because yeah. if you think of some of those, like, heartbreaks mm-hmm. you went through, mm-hmm. not with relationships, but those situationship heartbreaks from yeah. back in the day. Can you name all of them? All of my situationships? Yeah. If you give me a minute. Can you name your... Okay, wait. Let's let's make it one step easier. Can mm-hmm. you even name your whole roster? Oh, now? Five years later? No. Because I thought about that the other day, and I was like, mm. like I used to have lists. Like, you really? would make lists and share them with our friends. They're all wow. coded. No one's real names were on yeah. them. Yeah. But I was like, I could not replicate that that list from memory. Yeah. You know what is funny? Like, I don't really remember, like, I know I've been ghosted. Like, I know this is a universal Mm -hmm. experience. And it's like, I don't really remember all those sort of fleeting relationships that had their their moment in the sun. And then, you know, that was it. But the ones that I really remember are the cutoffs, where we did need to have like a a day of reckoning, almost, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. 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 So what did it take for you to get to the point of cutoff? You can keep it general or be specific. You decide. I think, hmm, I'm trying to think which cutoff I want to talk about because like, you know, I, I'm a person who loves big and I love hard and that's not okay for everybody. And like, that's been something that I've had to kind of like deal with and understand, like not everybody's going to be as 110% as I always am. And I know I'm a lot for a lot of people, but I think for me, it's the second where I feel like just an apathy or like an, an intention, but an intention to hurt. 
behind their words, behind their actions. Like one of the most like painful friendship breakups I've ever had was this was a high school friendship break where like we, me and this girl became really close in a very short amount of time. And it was like, she was almost like the sister I I had wished I had always had. And she was like very much so like, come over. I'm going to teach you how to do your hair. I'm going to teach you how to do your nails. I'm going to take you shopping. I'm going to like give you a whole makeover. And like, she kind of like her and I just hit each other right place, right time. Like we just really fell in the sink. And like, she took me on as like a project to make me like more popular. And I was just so desperate to be like that. Wait, was I went it, for it to make you popular, to make you like her? To make me like her. I'm picturing like yeah. Regina George. It, it was a very... This was re- your Katie Heron moment. It was my Katie Heron moment. And even like the friendship structure, it was like the Queen Bee. And then she had two other like little followers who she had known since like junior high. And they literally like did her bidding. And like I got pulled in and everything was fine as long as like the social hierarchy that she was building like, didn't get disturbed. Like, she literally ranked her friends each week based on, like, attractiveness and, like, how well they were doing socially. And she, like, wrote it down in her journal and would, like, pass it around for people to see. I'm sorry, and you're not writing a young adult book series about this character? (laughs) No. But, yeah, honestly, like, we were really good friends, and she, honestly, I look at my hair right now. Like, I did her move doing my hair today. Like, thank you for this person. We both got cast as Sandy in the school musical Grease. Oh, this one. This one. And she was very, um, like, I don't want to say threatened because I don't want to seem like I'm, I'm making more of myself th- than I am. But I think it was the first time somebody, like, was marked as being just as talented as she was. And she was a phenomenal singer. She could sing, like, nobody's business. And, like, I was in musical theater so I was like an okay singer but I had also been acting since I was a really little kid so I was a really strong actor like I could cry on demand like I was fucking rocking it I was really good so it was like kind of two people who were very talented in different ways and like I'm also a competitive person so I was like I'm gonna do my best to like put on a great show and she really didn't like that and it was really hard to kind of watch her sort of like systematically go after me like felt like the mean girl scene where it's like how do you cut off a dictator you remove all their resources like yeah only I was on a dictator but that sounds like the jealousy episode though like (laughs) you were just out there trying to like do your best yeah learn a little bit more about acting and like make a good production and like maybe yeah. you would also feel good about beating her well you but know she was there to just undermine you well and like I wasn't like please do not think that I think of myself as a victim <laughs> because like I was competitive with her too I got to the point where I was like I'm kind of tired of you bossing me around all the time I'm just as good as you like fuck off like get out of here and like I, you know, during that time, I know I was very insecure about not being as good of a singer with her. And I remember everything kind of came to a head the day our drama teacher, like, I could not get this high note to save my freaking life and hopelessly devoted to you. Like, I just could not get it. And I remember he came up and, like, pulled me and this and my friend aside and was just like, if Lisa can't get this high note by next week, you're going to stand behind the curtain and sing it for her. And it was, which was so awful. Savage. It was savage. For a high school performance. I know. I was like, chill out. Do you have out. a video of it? Uh, oh, wait, sorry. Somewhere. How did it go? Uh, I actually, I did, I never got the high note, 
but I managed to convince the teacher to like lower it by half an octave. So then it was in my range. So I didn't get like that high note, but I got like another high note. It was fine. But like that moment was just like, it exploded our friendship from that moment on. It was like, we were not friends. And like, she did all these awful things to me. Like she slept with my boyfriend behind my back. She told um, all our friends to come to her show or else. So I had nobody in the audience for me when I performed, which really sucked. And then like when we graduated a year later, like she did everything she could to make it so I couldn't get in like the limo that I wanted to. And she didn't invite me to any of the after parties after that she was hosting. It was just crazy. But we, we had a final reckoning. We were like sort of friends, but not really until my like 20th birthday when she crashed my party at a bar and like cornered me in a bathroom and we like finally had the talk after years of like sneaky bad behavior behind each other's backs like I basically said to her like get the fuck away from my birthday party like I don't care that this is a public place I don't want you here and then she was like I don't care about your birthday I don't care about you like this is fully done why would you even think I care like we just had, a, like, a big, long... She showed up at your party? Yeah, I was like, clearly you care. It's my birthday party. <laughs> like, I'm actually disappointed that I didn't have the guts to do it sooner because there were so mm-hmm. many other times, like, I should have stood up for myself. But, like, you get to a certain point where... And also, I was fucking trashed at my 20th birthday. So, like, Liquid Courage basically say to her, like, enough screwing around with me. Like, either we're friends or we're not. Like, let's just be not, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've had friendship blowouts that like we've talked about before, but Mm -hmm. I think like the patterns, because one was like a childhood friend Mm -hmm. where we just could not transition that friendship successfully to adulthood. Yeah. And then I had the other one that we talked about on the podcast episode Mm. that was a little more recent. Mm -hmm. Um, And in both cases, like once you have the opportunity to like take a step back and have some hindsight, like Mm -hmm. the signs are neon. So yeah. Like, in both of those cases, um, like, looking back, I was definitely being, like, isolated from other friends. So, it was, like, love bombing Mm -hmm. where they were starting to have, like, cracks in the foundation of other friendships. So, they were clinging on to whoever they thought would kind of, like, keep them in the friend group Mm -hmm. or just stay as their friend. So, as soon as someone is trying to get you to pick sides, like, I see that as, like, a pretty red flag unless the other person is like directly causing harm Mm -hmm. so in both those cases like that is kind of what happened where they were like Mm. things were falling okay the first one like the elementary friend it just got to a point where I couldn't ignore the pattern of all the friendships around us that she was imploding yeah and there was just no way for me to include her in my life without having Mm -hmm. to leave people out and decide who could be invited to what Mm -hmm. and I just was like I am not willing to be a child of divorce truly truly at this age and I was like I I also don't when there's this pattern of I have to choose one person or like these Mm. five other relationships yeah like that is a pattern um and meanwhile like they're trying to play the victim Mm. they're gushing about how good of a friend you are to them yeah and that one I I actually did end up ghosting instead of doing the big cutoff because Mm. I wasn't I was gonna say old enough I wasn't bold enough at that Mm -hmm. age to, like, make a definitive statement. So that's how that one went. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the second more recent friend breakup, they were actually trying to isolate everyone away from me. But in a scenario oh, so scary when that where happens. 
I had like long-standing relationships with all these people that were went on for much longer than this other person had been around for. Yeah. And she had just kind of forgotten like mm. the fact that we all had individual friendships outside of this like mm-hmm. group that we had together. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I think sometimes you don't know that you need to do that cut off blow up yeah. until you talk to other people, which I hate doing because I mm-hmm. never feel like it's the right time. I always feel like things aren't big enough or it's too gossipy or that like I don't deserve the help because I chose yeah. this friend. But I also feel like because the cutoff is the last resort, like it's really like, okay, what is your limit with this person? But I think mm-hmm. the reality is like, okay, so my therapist, like she always talks about like cutting people off. It's like pulling a trigger. Mm-hmm. And she, like, I always am like, Sheila, you're too fucking trigger happy. <laughs> like I can't just like the second anybody, you know, like really crosses a line or whatever. Like I'm not the type of person where I am comfortable just cutting people out willy nilly. But her thing is always like if somebody inspires such a big emotional reaction into to you, like that is a sign that you are feeling so like deeply hurt like this is resonating with you on such a deep level that like this can't be ignored so she's like you essentially have two options you can either bring up bring it up in the moment and communicate with that person and like let the dirty laundry air itself out and the chips fall where they may or you can pull the trigger before like you have to endure another cycle in the same pattern So, and like, honestly, I'm trying to get better at asserting boundaries in the moment and like, you know, saying to somebody right away, like, hey, that's not cool. Mm -hmm. But it really does become like, you know, a game of like Russian roulette. Like, is this enough? Is this enough? Like, is this finally at my limit? You know? And you can't always talk to your friends who are inside the scenario to help you get clarity either because like chances are you're all being gaslit by the same person in yes. the same way. Is somebody kicking on our door? Yeah, there's a small child being annoying. One of his friends just gave him a dirty look. Good. Get out of here. Scram, kid. No, if yeah. he does it again, I will. Yeah, it's like we're we'll recording. We'll leave it for now. He gets one strike. It's the second person that's tried to wave at us through the door I now. I'm telling you, we got fans. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah um. but honestly... Like, find an objective third-party person. And, like, Mm -hmm. ideally that's therapy, but Mm -hmm. if therapy or counseling, like, isn't in the cards for you or, like, isn't feasible, Mm -hmm. like, I am a big fan of going to talk to my mom. Yeah. Because, like, she knows me. Yeah. She knows of my friends. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's going to be biased and probably on my side. But, Yeah. yeah, like, finding that person. Or, like, sometimes I feel like talking to a new friend Mm -hmm. about what you're going through, Mm -hmm. like is sometimes the best way to process something. Because you and I just became friends like, yeah. when all that drama was going on. I know, I remember hearing and about the And the more you... <laughs> yeah, and honestly, and I should have I caught this sooner, but from the beginning, you were like, I don't want to meet this person. Yeah, I just like, like, I don't want to hang out with them. Like, no. That, and, yeah. I just remember, yeah, every time you would tell me about this person, I was just like, note to self, like, watch this person, like, don't get involved. I just was like, right away, I was like, I don't like how they're treating you. I yeah. don't like how their response to conflict is. And like, okay, one thing I've started doing lately, mostly because I don't really like Sheila's, like, just pull the trigger, like, methods I'm team Sheila I know I know she's so (laughs) fucking smart it's rude um but what I've started doing is like separating my my like big feelings from the events and almost doing it like you know like you're not a true crime person but like when you're on a jury there's this whole concept of like 
a reasonable person, especially when, like, for example, they're trying to determine, like, an insanity charge. Like, was this person out of their mind, and is that why they committed this crime? Or, like, were they sane enough to understand what they were doing? And, like, there's this whole concept of the reasonable person, which is, would a reasonable person do this? Would a reasonable person have thought this way? And, like, it's not a black and white is a thoroughly gray but like every time I have a moment like with some family members who I'm finding a little bit challenging to navigate my relationship with right now you know there's so much baggage with with those kinds of conflicts within the family so I always like do my best to like first calm down and then second of all like sort through all like these past mistakes past conversations like get rid of all the emotions until I can just look at something objectively and say okay if I heard of this happening to another person and during this kind of behavior having to go through this kind of experience is it reasonable then to be upset about Mm. what happened and I kind of like gauge that whole like concept of the reasonable person against my own feelings and that helps me understand like am I just having a reaction and wanting to cut somebody off like spur of the moment because I'm so upset or like am I just projecting other feelings onto the cutoff you know Mm. and it's it's actually like saved me because I have a really hot temper on a bad day if you catch me on a bad day watch out (laughs) like it's it's helped me kind of like slow down yeah and be a reasonable person. <laughs> yeah, and that's tough because I feel like it's easy to think that you're more forgiving in your friendships than your family relationships, but yeah. I think it's actually the other way around. Absolutely. Because with friendships, you're not looking for, like, perfection because you can mm. just collect more friends and you can fit people together mm. and you can figure out what interactions work best. You can figure out, like, activities mm or just ways of communication or interaction that work for everyone and make mm-hmm. make those fit. But with family, like, there's a whole hierarchy. And I think there's that fear that if you have to cut one person off, mm-hmm. like, you're cutting off a whole branch of the tree. Well, and it's also, there's the classic, like, well, it's family. Like, you aren't going to get rid of family. Like, there's always going to be some sort of occasion where you're going to have to endure them. And, like, mm-hmm. at the end of the day is having an awkward run-in with a family member a couple times a year worth like the peace and the freedom of not having to endure the relationship anymore. But like, I think one of the challenges I'm having right now is because I'm getting older and like, realistically, it's harder to make friends when you Mm -hmm. get older. And a lot of the friends I have now are like, literally lifelong enduring friendships. Like I went to lunch with uh, a friend the other day. And like, we were, we were just like, chatting about another friend that we like, kind of worry after like she's a really old friend too and it's like you know we're always kind of like I hope she's okay like I hope she's good and like you know kind of sensing that the kind fr- of kind of ghosting kind of it's like not being ghosting. ghosted it, it's a little bit of like we all know the friendship has kind of run its course or like the friendship is changing but it's getting really difficult to navigate that and the friend I was having lunch with kind of disclosed that like the last time she had seen the friend we worry about the other friend had said something like kind of not nice about me in the podcast. And Mm -hmm. like, she just like said something that like when my friend like disclosed it to me, she was like, I don't want you to be upset, but I just want you to know that this was said. However you want to behave or however you want to deal with it. She was, it was serious enough that she was like, I think you need to know that this person is saying this. Yeah. And like, and like side note, mm -hmm. if you have 
feedback for us about the podcast, we actually would like to hear it. Because, yeah, don't say behind like, my back. Yeah, like, like, just tell us because, like, we're not going to get any better or make any improvements unless we can have those conversations. Please send emails to boundaries at gmail.com. Thank you. We read them all. (laughs) We've gotten two. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so like one thing I said to my friend, because like the thing that had been shared with me actually made me cry in the moment because it was such a, it it touched such a deep nerve and a deep sensitivity. And like I said to my friend as I was crying, I was like, this is the problem with having really old friends is they know exactly how to hurt you. Mm-hmm. And, like, the same can be said for family. So it's, like, when you have these long-standing relationships, like, no, absolutely you don't want to just throw that all down the toilet and create all these other complications by formally ending the relationship. Mm-hmm. But at a certain point, if somebody's acting in a way to your face or behind your back that, like, only breeds negativity in your life, like, who needs that? Like, that is no way to live. Yeah. I also think there's, like, different thresholds of what different people around you, like, what you're willing to let them get away with. Mm -hmm. Because, like, Molly and I will be, like, super grumpy with each other, but, like, we know it's anger. And, like, Mm -hmm. we know what – we know each other just so so well Mm -hmm. that we can be, like, cool, we both need a serious five. (laughs) And then usually the grumpy one will, like, show up in front of the other one, usually pretty sheepishly, and be, like, I just needed a little treat. I needed a little snack. <laughs> and my we'll blood like, sugar was we'll low. Like make some popcorn or like you yeah. eat a bowl of cereal and you're like, nope, the world is fine. We're yeah. good now. And you get through it and continue. Mm-hmm. But like we also like can look at each other and you can be like, oh, like yeah. they found that harsh or like yeah. I'm being too grumpy at them. Yeah. And so I feel like family knows when you're projecting and frustrated about mm-hmm. something else. But with friends... Like, they don't have that insider view of just, like, who you are deep down as a person. Especially, like, newer friends, newer relationships. Like, mm-hmm. again, it's kind of tricky for me to speak to this because I don't have a lot of, like, new friends. And the new friends I am making, like, you're immediately in the inner <laughs> circle. I don't have an outer circle. Everybody's yes. in there. So, like, yeah, I don't know. It's really – I don't think anyone should ever just, like, haphazardly cut off a relationship. Like, it shouldn't be a, you know – okay, one and done. That's all you get to hurt me. I do think like if you want to have, if you want to have a successful relationship, whether it's like a friendship or family Mm -hmm. or like remote, uh, romantic, emotional was what I was going to (laughs) say. Romantic. I feel like it's um, like you have to accept the possibility that like you will be hurt, Mm -hmm. that like people make mistakes in their friendships and relationships. But like, are we all like, do we not all deserve a little bit of grace? But then again, how far can that grace extend? It's yeah. such a delicate balance. Because I was just thinking, like, in cases where, like, harm has been caused, like, whether mm-hmm. that's, like, physical or emotional mm-hmm. or anywhere in between, like, that is when I would think, Consider. like, one and done mm. is valid. Yeah. Um, but then, like, everyone has different levels of not tolerance, but what's that word that Oh, resilience. Resilience. Everyone has different levels of resilience. They have different experiences. Mm -hmm. They have different triggers in their past. Yeah. They also have different glimmers, which is something that I'm trying to focus on more. Glimmers, yes. So for some people, there's like little things where those green flags are balancing things out Mm -hmm. enough that like you can endure. Yes. And especially I think, yeah, like it's... It's balancing, like, that empathy Mm -hmm. with, like, not just, like, 
giving everything you have to offer to someone else and not leaving every anything for yourself. I think a good, like, hard, fast rule is, like, you should always feel enriched by the people you have around you. You should always mm-hmm. feel like they bring something positive to your life. You should feel like they make you a better person, a happier person, a more relaxed person. Like, every relationship you have should, like, be building you up in some way. And if you get to a point where your relationship with a person, there's no intention behind it or there's some intention, but either way, you know, it's it's not it's not adding anything to the soil, okay, well, time to grow on your own, kid, you yeah. know? Like, you can water a pot of dirt as much as you want, and unless you've mm-hmm. planted something... It ain't gonna grow, There's girl. not gonna be any growth. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I think I think growth potential is mm-hmm. when I have, like, lingered far too long in something, mm-hmm. where you, like, see the potential. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm, I'm worse for this in, like, romantic situations, mm-hmm. situationships, mm-hmm. Um, than I am in friendships. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I feel like with friendships, like... There's not as much pressure on, like, a cadence of, like, hitting milestones within a timeline. Mm -hmm. It's, like, you can have a new friend and, like, maybe you, like, mostly text and you hang out, like, once a quarter or, like, maybe that ramps up. But Mm. then maybe you don't see each other for six months, but there's still growth happening Mm -hmm. and just on whatever cadence. Whereas I think in the romantic relationships, it's almost like if you haven't hit, like, specific, like, depth by, Mm -hmm. like, month six, it's kind of, like will you can you yeah I think I think people are really good or unknowingly at showing you exactly who they are once you're just looking for for what you need to see like Mm -hmm. truly like I think people will show you if they're interested in you and interested in being a part of your life and they also are perfectly capable of communicating it whether with words or with actions or just less attention that they're not into it anymore. I think it's no. definitely a skill to, like, understand how to navigate this and recognize it. But, like, we're all capable of, of figuring it out. Yeah. I recently got canceled on by a hinge date five minutes before we were supposed to meet for coffee. That's so Which rude. means I was already on the car. I was, <laughs> I was already in the car. I had already – I was on my way driving. Yeah. I – I'm trying to kick the habit of, like, immediately opening my phone when I park. So I try to, like, go into the establishment, get settled, and then I can look at my phone if the other person's not there. Mm -hmm. Because, like, especially, like, I never want to be someone who's, like, my friend is watching from the window as I'm texting (laughs) in my car. Like, that's – it's probably not important. Yeah. But, yeah, I, like, order my coffee. I go to sit down. I check my phone, and, like, they canceled. And, like, five years ago, I would have been devastated. But I think – like, the one thing the past couple years, um, mm. something I've learned post-before times, yeah, was just, like, I would not, probably not have dragged myself out of bed at 9.30 on a Saturday morning to, to mm. go for coffee. And it was one of the best coffees I'd had in a while. Really? And, like, the banana bread. My friend Ooh. had been to that cafe before and recommended it. And I was like, I probably wouldn't have made the trip out here just for me. But, like... I deserve this. Wait, let's do a plug. Where, where was the coffee place? Edmonton? Uh, it's DOSC downtown. Drunken Ox Sober Cat. Thank yeah. you. I actually <laughs> did not know the acronym until just now. I will. But yeah, it's very cool. It's very cool. We do have to draw the line, but I will say funny little dilly-dally. The first time John and I went there, 
we both spilled a beer immediately after sitting down. <laughs> like, we literally, it was freshly, like, we must have been the first people to, like, spill in there. Like, that's how new it was. And we sat yeah. down, both of us, I don't know what happened, same time spilled a beer. Yeah. yeah. It's stunning in there. It's mm-hmm. half cafe, half, like, kind of, like. Half, like. Aesthetic pub? Yeah, aesthetic pub. Like, definitely a place to, like, get dressed up and look cute to go to, whether Mm -hmm. you're going to the cafe side or you're going, like, in the evening. It's more of a lounge. Yeah. I would call it a lounge, but definitely check it out if you're in Edmonton. Um, Really quick, let's draw the line there, put a little bow on it. Mm -hmm. Mm, Final thoughts, Kelly. It's okay to draw the line with people. Yeah, do not and snip it. Send snip it. Pull that trigger. It's okay to pull the trigger, but also I think ghosting has a time and a place. And mm-hmm. you could end up being like me, where you know the person you're trying to ghost doesn't understand that you're trying to ghost them, and you have to yeah. be a little more firm. Maybe you start as Casper, the friendly ghost, and then you have to get a little more <laughs> malicious. Bowser, Bowser, Is Bowser, a ghost. Who am I thinking of? You're thinking. I do of- not play video games. Yeah, I was like, why are you trying to make this? I don't even, probably one of the bosses, not even a named character. Anyways. um, That's my favorite thing that's ever happened. Um, Sometimes I don't know what I'm talking about. Actually, often I don't know what I'm talking about. I mean, you guys listen. We don't know what we're talking about. Okay, let's Rosebud Thorn. What order do you want to do this week? Uh, I'll do Rosebud Thorn, like straight, okay. straight in a row. Uh, my rose is, I would like to send a very heartfelt congratulations to my partner, John. He finished his practicum of part one today. Uh, so he is officially halfway to being an advanced care paramedic. I'm super proud of him. This was really hard and it's been amazing to see him really work his butt off so I'm really proud of him if anybody sees John in real life please give him a congrats he gets two weeks off before he's back in a classroom and I I'm just so I'm so happy for him so yeah, proud. that's tough to do it's tough and he isn't this is his first time going back to school since high school Wow. I know it took a lot of like talk trying to talk him into it and like really building him up for him to kind of have the nerve to do this so it's been really hard and I was kind of like, shit, I hope he doesn't like, you know, you want your I hope partner. he likes it. I hope he likes it. I hope he does really well in it. And he is. And I'm just, I'm so freaking proud of him. It's been really cool to watch him go through this. Nice. Uh, my bud, I have my final interview for that job that I was telling you guys about last week. Ooh, the potential. So now, like, I've done what I can do. And I, I really and truly would be surprised if I didn't get it. But I'm also, I've made my peace either way. If I get it, that's great. It's a new adventure. And if not, then that just means something better is on its way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and last but not least, uh, Thorn. I got some kind of disappointing family news. Um, my dad's going through cancer treatment right now. It's not going super great. So we'll see if we have any more cards to play on that or if we're going to just relax and enjoy the next two years. And again, I've weirdly made my peace with that as well. I think either way, I just, I'm kicking it with the knowledge that it's all going to be okay regardless so yeah keep my family in your prayers if that's something you do yeah yeah kelly please boost us up please okay well my (laughs) rose was uh folk fest was this past weekend yeah girl and so i never really like gotten the hype Mm -hmm. because so last year i did go to folk fest but it was just like one of like thursday evening Mm -hmm. and then before that i hadn't been to folk fest since i was nine years old whoa are you serious 
Yeah. But this year, I knew I had a bunch of people going, mm-hmm. um, got to make some new friends, and then Molly ended up being here oh, and managed to yes. last-minute snag a weekend ticket with me. Oh, my God. So we we had, like, just a good group of people where mm-hmm. we kind of had, like, a buddy system going, mm-hmm. and everyone, most of us had, like, other friends that we were trying to say hi to as well. So we had a good home base. Molly braved the tarp run for us. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> when... I was a little bit hungover on the Sunday morning, yeah. and I woke up at 8 a.m. being like, oh, my God, we missed it. And I rolled over, and she'd done it for me. Bless. So, like, Shout out that to was Molly. my rose on top of the rose. Yeah. And I think Bud was just, like, just, like, being excited that, like, yeah. situations like that are, like, back and thriving because I felt like I made new friends Mm -hmm. and I was like okay so everything we've been talking about like putting yourself out there finding your activity niche like and just trying just keep trying no matter how hard it gets yeah surprise surprise it works um (laughs) and then thorn like I knew going into this but yeah just like just feeling like I overbooked myself and I would not trade anything that I committed to but I think it had it just made me like slightly less excited for some of the other big things I have coming up Mm. where or you know what it was I realized I double booked myself like two weekends from now because I was just like so focused on getting these like two big things with like those golf lessons and then folk fest through and then I was like checking my calendar and making sure I hadn't missed anything and I had but someone else gets to go to one of the events and is really excited so it all worked out the way it was meant to Um, but yeah it just feels bad to like feel like you're the wishy-washy friend yeah in those cases as someone who's been the wishy-washy friend so many times Mm -hmm. it it sucks being there it sucks for other people but like you have to navigate this you have to figure it out somehow and for the record, I don't think you're a wishy-washy friend. I just think you're the over-ambitious friend. I am over-ambitious. <laughs> and then I over-explain my <laughs> You over-justify. Nobody's mad. Nobody's yeah. mad, Kelly. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Okay, let's <sighs> draw the line. Yeah, let's draw the line there. See you later, guys. Bad at Boundaries is a podcast created by Lisa Hennig and Kelly McGillis. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Bad at Boundaries. Thanks for listening. <laughs>